Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Camfield. This is season two episode. We've no idea. Just so many. So Well, we have done so many. I think we're almost at like our, we're past a year of doing this now. Are our, we? Our one year anniversary, I think, was either, it's either coming up. I think we either started at the start of October uh, or the end of September last year. Yeah. Wow. A yeah. whole year. You're not sick of me yet. No, well, well, you are, yeah. I mean. I can it, leave. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not even like a courteous like no don't leave you just laugh tell me not to leave okay you've done this podcast with me for tell a, me not to leave for a year now according to you and you don't have enough of a realistic take on me to know that i don't waste my time with niceties that's <laughs> true right very true uh, when uh, what, it'd be what, nice once though no you think i'm a oh no oh i didn't mean that like oh, oh like a hug maybe person. oh my for god fucking <laughs> let me tell you i won't tell you who i was saying this to or uh, what the conversation was about because it's it's not for podcast consumption but i was talking with someone over the weekend about a situation therein that's not going too well and about how it's going to play out and i used the phrase to this person just remember it always gets dark before it goes totally black <laughs> that's just your mindset on everything huh i'm just no it was that's my mind- your mindset my mindset is let's hug it out bitch <sighs> Listen, if the one good thing to come from COVID was it stopped people hugging. Not or this just, guy. Or just generally touching or just generally being around people. Nothing better than an overly excited belly bump. You oh. jump in the air. All right. Enough. I've met people and I don't think I like them. <laughs> However, uh, here's some lifestyle advice from Jeremy Hoffman to kick off today's episode in terms of meeting people. Being gay gets you chicks. Well, apparently, at least in my case, or at least one person this weekend totally thought so. I uh, so well, Hang at- on, what were you doing in a bar that made a girl think that you were gay? Apparently a lot, but nothing that I was aware of. So Did was- you think you were one of the weather girls? <laughs> I was like checking out what I was wearing. I was like, you know, it's normal clothes. What's going on were here? You wearing I the- was I wearing assless chaps at the time. That was one thing. And a B. Arthur t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so Thursday, uh, Thursday night, me and my friends, we go to a bar in uh, a neighborhood, Lower Greenville here in Dallas. And it's kind of like a, it can be college-y. At times, like it's a, a lot of SMU kids in that area. Right. So, uh, me and sorry, I'm just pulling up my notes because my computer died on us. Um, so, don't let people th- hang on a minute. You're supposed to be able to tell this story with gusto. No, it's with just like-, like I was for future. This isn't even on the notes. So, <laughs> I, uh, so I'm at the bar and we're, it's Thursday. We're just, you know, we're having a few drinks, we're watching football and, the cool thing about this bar is on Thursdays, they do this thing. It's called Flip it's Night. It's gay where night. It's apparently gay night as well, but it's also called Flip Night. Where are you sure it's not Flip Flop Night? Like, That's what a gay day. Hey, like, you, 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 top or bottom? So, 
<laughs> I don't know. I've, I mean, well, if you let like, me explain, I'm just fascinated by this, and I feel like it's you know you can get with with woke culture, you can get into um you know potentially dodgy territory here with kind of stereotyping gay people but there is nothing about you that would make me as a gay think oh he might be gay well i think she was just playing her cards right so anyways it, it's called i'll get into that you're in a flip second. flop night you're right. wearing a so Arthur t-shirt and assless chaps okay so now it's all coming together <laughs> God, i mean if you came around dressed like that i might hug you so <laughs> that's a joke so on flip night, what they do is when you order a drink, they flip a coin. And if you get, you guess heads or tails, if you get it right, your drink's a dollar. Oh. If you don't, it's you know normal price. That's a good, so po- that's a good bar people, policy. Yeah, people get hammered very fast if, because of these if rules. If I was still drinking, I'd have gone straight to a magic store where the coin's always the same, you know, right. you buy it and go, oh, I win again. So, exactly. So that's the other thing. I'm like, this type of bar is great for me because games like like you know heads or tails or uh, rock paper scissors i'm incredible at it's, i i don't think honestly this is true fact i don't think i've ever lost a game of rock paper scissors it, in my life this is perfect for you you can binge drink and there's an element of gambling exactly and girls that like you well it worked out because we're watching football and i'm just losing my bet i placed horrendously so i'm already upset i'm pounding the dollar drinks because as i said i don't lose those type of games and you know because it's a young bar like everyone's up and they're being active but me and my friend i'm with you know we're we're old farts at this bar so like we're just in a conversation like having a few casual drinks on a thursday night we Mm. got work early in the morning so out of nowhere this girl comes up to our table and she leans in and she's like i have to ask are you guys on a date right now and you know (laughs) now that was our reaction too because like again like he's married he's like got the wedding ring well displayed well yeah but I mean you're it, a catch to him right. I mean like, like like he's like oh my god my Apparently. marriage my marriage is not working out you know I made a terrible mistake I'm not actually heterosexual what I really want to do is have sex with someone that looks like the dead member of Steely Dan <laughs> exactly. I was at, I was at she home. loves Matt my, Walter my, Becker my wife had walked out on me because we keep arguing because we're not having sex because I'm secretly gay and I was at home listening to Reeling in the Years thinking to myself oh my god if only I could find a man like Walter Becker well that's exactly my point not to jump ahead but I had to worry about this girl like what is she attracted to here this does not happen to me very often so she has you, you should just go pretzel logic or the royal scam well like we just kind of laughed and like I was like oh haha no and then she you know the first question was kind of directed at both of us and then she was kind of like you know she gave a follow up just She's like, are you guys sure? You know, you look really good. I'm like, no, no, we've been friends for a long time. Hang on a minute. You said no. He's got the wedding ring firmly on display. And that wasn't enough. She had to double take. Well, are I, you guys I sure? I did laugh and make a joke going, well, I'm not. But he's on the down low. I think that kind of like she still wasn't quite sure. She's like, okay, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you sure you two aren't going to fuck tonight? Right. <laughs> well, that, that's a completely different question. <laughs> 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 since when is since when is gay sex gay come on <laughs> so pansexual is very in I, I, right, I, exactly. I've read the interviews with that guy from Panic at the Disco so I mean he's she, married after she gets her confirmation that neither of us are gay all of her attention gets put towards me and she oh. was like oh well that's great because like I just want to let you know like I love everything about you now that's like a real aggressive come on so like again like I nervously laughed. This doesn't happen to me ever. She was a relatively cute girl. Mm. And so, you know, I'm just like, oh, thank you. And like, you know, 
It's Thursday night. I wake up at five in the morning for work. I'm not thinking like, hey, let me take this girl home. So like, oh, it's like, oh, okay, that's great. Thank you so much. She like, she keeps trying and like, I'm showing like, I'm not really too interested and she goes on her way. So now as the game finishes up, I remind you it's these drinks because I keep winning the games are a dollar. Yeah, because it's flip-flop night. So I keep uh, drinking and now I get to the point. you got to exactly. get to the bottom. Well, you have think, to prove on the way in that you will. I'm thinking I'm so <laughs> drunk, maybe I won't go home with my friend and I'll, you know, I'll go home with this girl instead. Right. So you know, screw work at five God, in the morning. you were expecting, you were like, maybe I don't have a long night of passionate man love to Steely Dan. So now I, I go back to her and I, uh, you know, I'm, now I'm showing like I'm, I'm hitting on her back. We're having her thing. And, you know, she's trying to get me to go go to this. The, her and her friends are going to this club somewhere else in Dallas that is not exactly my scene whatsoever. No. So, like, I'm avoiding that. I'm just like, no, like, I'm trying to pull the move. Like, hey, you know, like, you may be going to a car, a, a club with your friends, but, like, I do have a car right there. So, you know, hey, before I go home, like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so. And in the back of your mind, even though you desperately don't want to go to this club, she has used the words, I love everything about you. She which, came on so strong. Well, to be fair, that I feel like that is a double-edged sword because in one on one side of that sword, it's, well, this is amazing. She came on so strong. But secondly, for anyone to say that about anyone they've literally just observed from the other aggressive. side of the bar, it's kind of crazy I've as well. I've only had something like that happen to me one other time. Just super quick story. While I was a freshman in Arizona, one of my friends, you know, while I'm trying to make new friends, he was- If this was a TV show, this would be the flashback exactly. scene. Exactly. So he was, you know, he, uh, I was trying to make new friends. He was from Arizona. So he was like, hey, like, I'm going to my town in Flagstaff. It was like an hour away. He was like, why don't you, you know- why don't you come to a rave tonight? And, you know, back then at 18 years old, like, that was my scene. Yes. I'm going to the, the EDM club. I'm putting anything into my system handed and to me. And you'll leave it five days later. Exactly. So I, I go to him with this club. And, again, like, we, he lived in my dorm. Like, we had just met. This was, like, the first couple weeks of school. Mm. And so this is our first time, like, really going out together. We're on the dance floor. We're feeling good. You know, whatever's in us is in us. And they all of a sudden, like, this really cute girl comes up to me and just, like, out of nowhere starts dancing on me. Now, if you know dancing anything. Dancing on, on you. me. On me. Not with me. On me. <laughs> okay. So, like, now, like, if you know anything about these clubs, girls can be quite uh, enthralled, if you will. Uh-huh. So, she's, she's, like, very aggressive. Like, we haven't even said a word yet. And all of a sudden, she's like, uh, she pulls me and she's like, I want to be with you. So now I'm like, well, what's going on here? Is this, uh, this is college? This is the greatest experience. At this point, the amount of people I knew that could touch my hands was like me and one wow. other person. Like, nothing's going on here. Uh, so we... Uh, Safe by the bell, the college years uh, never showed she, this. Not, it gets so much crazier. She ends up pulling me into the men's bathroom. Oh. It's crowd, so crowded in there. She pulls me into a stall. The guy who's like supposed to be making sure like people aren't doing drugs in there just looks at me and is like, yes, lets me go do my thing. And next thing I know, we were done. She was leaving. I never saw her again. To this day, I have to question like, A, what was wrong with that girl? B, was that even a girl? I didn't even get a good enough look at her. Who was this person? Why did they let her into the best bathroom so easily? So she seemed so beautiful. But like, she also had like crazy rave gear on. And like some of that stuff goes over your face. And she seemed so hot. But like, I don't know what was going on. Uh, so, okay. now, so that's now the only. Now that's the flashback right. scene. So now, so now you've all that's in my Right. So the basically what you're telling me there is the girl now the girl from eleven the, years the, later the, the, the girl from the weekend you're fine with her 
overtly enthusiastic. Uh, well, at work. first, no. Well, but nine drinks thing, in. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but then the thing that's the thing that's making you a bit kind of giving you some PTSD is like, oh, but if we go to a club, I'm having the flashbacks to when I might have fucked a man in the toilet. Right, that and syphilis. So, anyways, I. <laughs> <laughs> so she, you know, now she One says. One way or the other, this night is turning gay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, wait right here. Well, we're back to the current night yes. now, right? Okay. She, so she goes off to the bathroom now like i'm running through my head like all right man you're either gonna keep this party going go home with this girl be miserable at 5 a.m the next morning at but work but you wouldn't be would you that's the thing you think, i'd be kind of happy because no, of yeah, one yeah. you'd be very happy at 5 a.m well, i've had nights like that the 5 a.m's fine it's when you get to noon right you right. become miserable so you know now she's taking a little long in the bathroom again i've had so many drinks at this point so i went off to the bathroom as well she must have come out when I went to the bathroom, saw I wasn't there, and left. And I was very happy when I got out and she was nowhere to be found because that gave me the pass for the night. And here's the other thing. I, I was hammered at this point. I didn't know what who this girl was. I knew nothing about her. This is a college bar. So I didn't know if this girl was 20, if she was 22, if she was my age, or if she was older. I couldn't tell. So I said, you know, I made the smart decision. I didn't do the 18-year-old Jeremy move, and I got out of there, but... I did tell her about this podcast, and so if she is happening to be listening right now, <laughs> that's like your business. I very much would now. like to have sex with you. <laughs> You're like, all right, yes. <laughs> you might be crazy, and I'm too drunk, and I got to get up at five a.m. But if you want to get in touch, it's didyouamerica.com. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's yeah. like it hasn't it, worked yet. Yeah, it's like it, it's like didyouamerica.com is your own personal Tinder. Like <laughs> right, I said, exactly. I set it up to be a platform well, for the less show. Competition. They're not getting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that is a very um that's a good story well Thanks. i hope that she uh i hope that she gets in touch yeah I'm me too still, i'm still concerned by anyone uh straight gay any of the in-betweens i can't keep up with all the lettering um anyone any human being who's attracted to another human being and based on nothing other than seeing them from across the room, a bar or otherwise, their opening thing is, I love everything about you. Yeah. That to me is just too much like... I mean, don't get me wrong. I looked awesome that night. I'm not saying you didn't. I mean... Uh, you, it was aggressive. You'd certainly look better than... I was kind of into it. certainly look better than Walter Becker does now. Right. So there well, is yeah, that. that's... You know, I have that going for me no matter what. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I look better than a dead guy? Wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Glad after a year we've become so close. <laughs> My tone has always been the same with you, um, but I. But it does. Uh, that would be in my head. I would have an alarm that was just going warning, warning. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah I mean, that, I would, war I, that warning goes off at drink one, two, and three. But past that, yeah. that warning's gone. Yeah, that warning's like do it, do it, do it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm an adult now, so... Right, well, okay, yeah. That has to pee. And the adult says, digiamerica.com is where you can find me right. at any time. Exactly. P.S. Remember, I have to get up at 5 a.m. to try and make your hours a little bit more conducive to mine. Social media, what's that? <laughs> Talking of um, dating, I had a, uh, a friend in town from uh, Los Angeles who is uh, from elsewhere, but he's been living in Los Angeles for the last few years. I just, uh, this just came to mind as a, a quick story before we move on to the, the news of the day. Um, so he was married. I mean, he still is married, but oh. he and his wife are separated oh. now. Uh, the, 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 their time in Hollywood hasn't gone quite as planned. 
And so he's, he's almost at the fun part. Well, this is this is his version of Hollywood fun, and and I, he used to be. I I didn't say this, and I'm, I'm going to trust that he doesn't listen to this podcast because I'm about to get very judgmental. But when I was listening to his story when we were out over the weekend, I was thinking, when I knew you before. I feel like you used to have, you were a much more level-headed type person. And what he basically told me without him realizing that he was portraying this was that he's become totally affected by Hollywood. Not the the split with the wife, that can happen to anyone in, in any circumstances. But since the wife's fucked off, he then started, I was about to pile on the sympathy of like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, <gasps> But I've got about seven women on the go right now. <laughs> oh, well, and, he's that guy now. And, what? He's that guy now. He's doing the LA lifestyle fully. But that's I was not- expecting you to be like him being like, oh, I'm a vegan now. Be all lame. <laughs> oh, he's doing that, the cool no, side. I think that happened. That, uh, already, he's well that, past that, that. that already happened. Uh, although I think maybe now he's just vegan for like woman one, two, and three, four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> right. They love a good yeah. ribeye. <laughs> and he's okay to uh to 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 portray to uh, betray those standards. No, the that wasn't he's a mo- sexual vegan. That wasn't right. That wasn't the most uh, the, the, the the most shocking thing. The most shocking thing was um, he started telling me about how he's been this much of a success as a like a now single guy in Los Angeles, and it was and I wasn't asking for all these details. He was proudly telling me like, "Hey, I've got this Hollywood like chick magnet thing down," and he started telling me things about what well, it started with because he knows I like candles, right? And he went, "Well, you know, there's a certain brand of scented candles and blah 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 blah." And he's like, "So anyway, if a chick comes back to the apartment, like it depends on like whether she's going to stay the night or whether we're just going to have drinks and she's going to go home." He's got a standard of candle that he lights if he thinks he's going to have sex. This this, this, <laughs> this a sex candle. <laughs> Sex candles. Oh the the more well, no, the more expensive brand. So he'll change. It, he says, but you got to do it without them noticing. So he goes. So if I get back to the apartment and I think, okay, it's a dead cert, or we've already had sex, she's going to come back for more sex. I literally reach for the more expensive candle, and and he goes. But the thing I always do is he goes. In the in the front room, like uh, when it's getting uh, you know a bit cozy and we're about to retire to the bedroom, without them realizing, I let her go to the bedroom first, and then the first thing I do is blow out the candle because they're so expensive. Right? So they- <laughs> So and of course, fart because he's finally getting separated from the girl for a few minutes. He's giving me this whole like you know. So uh, there's a there's a there's a, a hierarchy of candles depending on the possibility of sex and right. how long you burn them for and blah 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 blah. And uh, and I went well. You could, I said you know not that I've ever adhered to these practices, but I do in this house because you know I like the Bath and Body Works range. Have uh, three wick and single wick candles, and he looks at me and went. Single wick? I live in Los Angeles. Like, as if that was like... Was <laughs> right. A- we minimize that triple wick, son. Then he was going through all of these other sort of like... And again, without any sense of irony or self-awareness of how Hollywood he's become. This was my favorite bit of information. He told me that someone in Los Angeles, not, not someone that he was going to have sex with, had been to his apartment and started berating him for the brand of TV that he's got, right? Does and, it not just say at the bottom, like, every TV? 
Jeremy, that is a very un-Hollywood observation to make because what you have to do, if apparently the brand of your TV is unlikely to allow you to have sex in Hollywood because Vizio. because any of your any of your potential playmates will judge you on the paraphernalia that's about the apartment. Um, are you ready for this? He stuck a sticker. He printed. Apparently, what is the aspirational brand of TV? Like printed, a Samsung or LG, uh, yeah. yeah. Printed the logo off the internet, oh stuck God. it on the front of his TV. So if you're potentially, you know, woman number eight, you think he's got the right kind of candle oh and the God. right kind of TV. That's genius. That is that is next level thinking. I said to him, and he's like so wrapped up in this, and I said... You know, if it really is over between you and the wife and you want to move on with your life, I know that you like, you know, you've got seven other women on the go right now. But in all honesty, wouldn't it just be easier to move to somewhere else where you can just <laughs> right. go out and date right. without having to make it's, this effort? Or just move to the ghetto where they're like, "Ooh, yeah, that's a motherfucking Vizio." I, I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to send him a text message and go, "Hey, Move to Dallas because you can sit in the corner of a bar looking like the fat Walter Becker from Steely Dan <laughs> and some girl will see you from the corner, walk up to you and go, A, are you gay? B, okay, great, because I love everything about you. <laughs> it's so much easier here. Yeah, I, I have several Vizios. All right, we got some stuff to discuss. Uh, let's do a quick Emmys roundup. Uh, neither Jeremy or myself saw the Emmys. That no. doesn't prevent us from having a strong opinion on them. Of course not. Uh, there's I new- saw clips. Right. Yeah. There's a new uh, beef between uh, Machine Gun Kelly and uh, Corey Taylor. And uh, I've got some issues with uh, Daniel Craig. You're spoiling the fact that it's about to be announced that your final Bond is a remake of Never Say Never Again, Daniel Craig. Get it together. Stop crying. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Quick reset on the song of the week. Uh, Last week, Jeremy went with Saving Grace by Common and Brittany Howard. 10%. Woo! New York producer, I Don't Want to Talk by Glass Animals, 37%. Uh, Mastodon won last week with their new song, Pushing the Tides. This week, we have three new tracks for you to choose from. You can vote at didyouamerica.com or go to the poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. This week, I'm going with the new one by The War on Drugs, which is called I Don't Live Here Anymore. Uh, I'm going with Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. They did a cover of the REM song Driver 8 with John Paul White. And uh, New York producer choosing Fire in Your House by Walk the Moon. So, Fire in Your House by Walk the Moon, Driver 8, the cover by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit featuring John Paul White or... I Don't Live Here Anymore by The War on Drugs, digiamerica.com, or uh, get onto my Twitter and vote on the poll there. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, Also, if it's easier for you to uh, communicate with the show about anything at all, uh, you can reach out on the socials uh, on Twitter, Ian Canfield. On Instagram, I am Canfield off the radio. All right, here comes the roundup of the Emmys from Jeremy and myself, two people who didn't watch the Emmys. Yes. Uh, pretty much what everyone else did, I bet. Uh, well, uh, 
Does anyone watch any award shows anymore? I've said it a million times. We've got to the point now where award shows are only entertaining if they're hosted by Ricky Gervais. (laughs) And that's because he's got to the point of whatever award show he does host, they now no longer ask him back. I think it's a really bad sign that even I didn't watch because usually when we do these rundowns of whatever award show, you're like, I didn't watch. I was like, oh, I did, but like, I don't really have much of a pain. But even this one, I was like, I just don't care. I'll just go on to Twitter the next morning, type in Emmys, make sure Kanye West didn't run on stage and we're good. (laughs) This is how uh, disinterested America has become with the Emmys. I have a friend, uh, this is not the one I was talking about who's uh, become so Hollywood since his wife's left him, Uh, but another friend, she uh, works in the TV industry. Now, in prior years, she would have been glued to the Emmys. She's won some Emmys herself. She is so disinterested in the Emmys and uh, award ceremonies in general that yesterday she was half watching them and half watching season five of The Wire. Wow. A, a prior Emmy award winner who it's the award ceremony for her industry that she works in would rather watch a 13-year-old TV show than watch the award. She's like, now's a good time to start The Wire, I think. It's either that or, I mean, they had a, a wonderful Sunday night football game on yesterday, which, like, why would you try to compete with that? You're not going to outdo football America in America. Well, the Cowboys won, right? So you're oh, happy. I had, real quick before we get to that, I had such a gambling win yesterday. It was so disappointing, but as it came down to The Wire... I won my bet on the Cowboys winning. They pat him as a three-point underdog. That was ridiculous. I took him on the money line. Easy win. Then, right as the game ended, the Tennessee Titans were down seven but driving. So I took all those winnings. I put them on the Titans to win. Boom, they score, win in overtime. So I double my money there. And then I capped the whole night off with betting on the Ravens to end up beating the Chiefs, which they did. And now, I mean... Now you're a millionaire. Now, basically a millionaire. Who's going to watch the Emmys? I'm rich. Wow. It was great. If that girl from the bar in the week is Uh, listening now, she's like, oh my God, not only... She she literally does love everything about you, especially (laughs) how wealthy you are all of a sudden. Yeah. And then, you know, I went on Twitter. I saw the opening rap and I saw the the Conan O'Brien going nuts for the dude and I saw enough. So, um... The um the crown won everything, right? How is the crown still popular? The, the, now I still haven't seen an episode, right? Now and again, I haven't seen an episode either. But much like the Emmys, it does not stop me from having a strong opinion on it. America, I love you, America. You know I love being here, and I don't like my home country. And no one loves America more than me. And there's very few things that you get wrong, and m- mostly everything in my day to day life is better here because I live in America. But one major thing you do get wrong, and I don't understand why. You you haven't figured it out is why america are you still obsessed with the british royal family they're a bunch of dysfunctional fuck-ups i get all my royal family news from you so like i don't understand if you want to hear about them just listen to us but there is a there is a and it's different people from different walks of life in the uk the previous generations were fascinated with the royal family i've mentioned before my nan had a charles and diana cutlery set it was a commemorative cutlery set from their wedding because of course that was a happy marriage and uh, <laughs> and literally she would have you know little uh teacups and uh knives and forks and everything and they were her prized possession in the kitchen you could not use them 
In all the time that I was alive during my nan's life, I used to go into the kitchen. She treated her Charles and Diana wedding cutlery set like Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap treated his guitar. Like, don't even look at it. <laughs> right. you can't, literally, you know, he goes, this guitar is amazing. It cannot be played, right? That was my nan's take on that cutlery set. That Charles and Diana cutlery set is so amazing, you cannot use it to eat or drink. Wow. It just sat in the corner. But that 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 was an old person thing. And that... That still exists for people in the UK of an older generation who are stupid. I've met plenty of Americans. Shots fired, Grandma. Uh, Well, she's she's passed on now. And you know what? I don't like who got the cutlery set because I did. Like, I, I, where did that go? Because I tell you this, well, you don't want to be stuck with I it. I don't want to be stuck with it. But there would be other old people who might have paid a good amount of money for that. Oh, and especially I, and, now. And literally, you know the when crown's the, so popular. you know when you well, right? I mean, I could have kept it in a closet somewhere and broke it out and gone like. Do you remember the happier times before the Queen had Princess Diana killed? Here they are. Here they are on a. Here they are on a on a on a on a, on a tea mug. Look, that's perfect. Look, doesn't Prince Charles look hot on that spoon? He always needed a slab of potatoes on his face. <laughs> right. R.I.P. Is that the one that just died? No, Philip oh, died. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. coming to Philip in my in my rant about the royal family. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, no, seriously, and I remember, you know, because when 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 a member of the family passes away, obviously it's a very sad time, and then you you know you have the funeral and all that kind of stuff. So I went through all of that with my nan. But then you get to that point where if you're close family, you go around to the deceased person's house to see like who wants what, you know, and then suddenly all of that's because if there was anything of worth, all of that. Oh, She's gone. Suddenly he was like, who the fuck took the Charles and Diana tea set? That could you, where's it gone? I used to say, look at it on the, I remember seeing it from when I, because when I grew taller as a little kid, when my nana granddad used to babysit my sister and I, it got to the point where, because she used to have it up high, where I was tall enough to reach it. She's like, no, no. Don't like literally, you couldn't touch it. It, it. it was it was her version of Nigel Tufnell's guitar. You're like, and all some... I got is this Prince Andrew butt plug. <laughs> TM, we're selling those now. Thejewamerican.com. So the point is. I've met a lot of Americans of different generations, you know, not just people from the era that my nan or my mum and dad would have been from, and they're all still fascinated. And their fascination with the royal family only grew when this TV show, The Crown, came on. And I have had people, like literally people come up to me that hear my accent and their next question is not, how did you move to Dallas? What do you do? Where do you live? I don't know. Anything they could ask me about me being a Brit living in the great state of Texas. No. Their next question is like, oh, do you watch The Crown? <laughs> See, this is the problem with every new TV show essentially just being a crime drama, you know, or a crime drama that's a real life story. Because now we've created this show that, you know, is showing you all the craziness and the darkness of the royal family. And now we love them more than ever. But this should have made us cancel the royal family. <laughs> Again, I haven't seen an episode. I can only assume. Uh, well, no. See, that's the thing. If they were showing the real crazy and darkness of the royal family, I think that I would probably be watching The Crown. But I don't believe they're showing that. Are they dealing with the conspiracy theories that the Queen had Princess Diana killed? Yeah. Uh, no, no. 
I'm, no, so I'm agreeing. Like, yeah, no, where is that? David, where is that? Where is that? How many racist jokes has Prince Philip made I in bet the crown? Not one. Right. How many did he make when he was alive? Several. Every day. <laughs> Have they covered the fact that the Queen Mum was a raging alcoholic? Let's hope so. Have they got the royal member, the royal family member who is a screaming queen? <laughs> Let me tell What about all the cheating? There was a ton of cheating going on. Right. Have they covered the fact that Harry is clearly the son of the tennis coach? <laughs> Let's go even further back. I want to talk about all the beheadings. Those couldn't have been right. When is the spin-off? called Pedophile Island coming, <laughs> which is just a series about Prince Andrew flying back and forth on the Lolita Express, sweating profusely every time a 16-year-old is put in front of him, even though he claims he doesn't well, sweat. Well, hold off on that. Let's get through the Ghislaine drama first. <laughs> Let's make sure that series has something Where's to make it pop. Where's the storyline about the member of the royal family who, on the quiet, was shagging Mick Jagger? I can't remember which one that was, but Whoa. there was one of that, right? That's a story is, right there. Is, Where's that scene? Is Mick Jagger even in the crowd? Probably no, not. but he should be. If one episode was directed by Scorsese, it at least has Gimme Shelter. <laughs> and yet, the crown won 11 trophies at the Emmys. Wow. Right, exactly. And they're not even giving us the news that we really want about the royal family. That's crazy. Last time, I, last, this is the last uh, question that I had about the royal family, last time I was randomly asked by someone. And I, I swear, this is a few months ago, I swear to you, I wasn't sure if this person was being serious this is the general tone that any random americans give me when it comes to royal family stuff where as soon as they hear i'm british so i was out somewhere and someone heard that i was a brit and their next question was this is just after prince philip had died are you going to the funeral <laughs> and i was what? And I, and I went, what i went is it in texas <laughs> given that Americans are fascinated with royals and they think that every British person they meet knew Princess Diana. I don't know whether you're joking or not. Is that a serious question? Right, right. It definitely was. Don't worry, though, because by the time we're done with this podcast, no one will be watching The Crown and Ted Lasso will be coaching real football. Well, Ted, did Ted, <laughs> Ted Lasso, I, have you seen it? Because I haven't got the Apple No, Plus, I still haven't watched it. I know it's great, but... Because that won a bunch I of Emmys. I love Jason Sudeikis. It won a bunch of Emmys as well, apparently. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're clearly letting Schittsville have way too much influence. Okay, so that was our review of the Emmys. That basically it's all trash because the crown won way too much and the crown aren't doing my version of the royal family. I thought this was America. <laughs> it is. So Machine Gun Kelly versus Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Who wins in that fight? Oh, I'm going Corey Taylor there all day. Machine Gun Kelly has uh, taken issue with uh, Corey Taylor because apparently Corey Taylor recently criticized him for switching genres. So... This is a while ago on some podcast. Uh, Corey Taylor said, I hate all these new rock artists, especially the ones who failed in one genre and decided to go rock. I won't name him, but I think he knows who he is. <laughs> so clearly Corey Taylor taking aim at uh, Machine, Machine Gun, Gun Kelly, Kelly right? there. Machine Gun Kelly plays uh, Riot Fest in Chicago over the weekend and says, uh, hey, you want to know what I'm really happy about not doing? Being 50 years old and wearing a fucking weird mask on a fucking stage talking shit. Which is a weird thing to say, given that at the VMAs a few years, a few weeks ago, he was wearing something on his face that looked like someone jizzed on him. Was he? Yes, it was like a gold sparkling thing that was hanging down his face, but it looked like nothing but male semen. <laughs> 
I think there might be a bit of jealousy as well because Corey Taylor is a man who has switched genres uh, several times, but done it willingly in so much. And I have got nothing against Machine Gun Kelly. I, right. I didn't really listen to his stuff until he started working with Travis Barker. So I don't know about the hip hop stuff because I'm I'm not especially a hip hop fan. But the stuff he's done more recently, which has brought in mainstream attention, um, I quite like. But it does seem to me that you know he had a not very successful hip hop career and then got out it of guitar. Was okay, it was yeah, but it's super, not to right, this, right. It, it's not not to this level. It, he was more famous for fighting with Eminem than anything. Right. And so um, and so now uh, he's taking aims at Corey Taylor, whereas Corey Taylor, you know, was a huge success with Slipknot, carries on being a success with Slipknot, but also looks to do other things. So, you know, he's had that other band Stone Sour that are more kind of straight up uh, traditional rock. Um, and he released this uh, um, solo album recently where he's mixing up um, a bunch of different genres. I've spent quite a bit of time with Corey Taylor, and he, when when Slipknot were first out and were this kind of like shocking, scary band, the first thing that struck me about Corey Taylor without a mask before anyone saw Slipknot unmasked was that he was about as unlikely to be the singer in Slipknot as, right. as, it, as it was possible to be. The first time he and I hung out, we were literally singing um, Night Ranger and... Um, who did that? Uh, an MC Hammer songs. Wow. This is what this is what Corey Taylor was, and it was that, like. Well, what's crazy is I, I was gonna say Corey Taylor, like when Slipknot first came out, it was like for the genre, like people had a lot of respect. Like you said, people probably saw them as like, oh, it's that scary metal band or whatever. Mm. But now, like any time a big name puts out like a compilation record of like you know featuring a bunch of big name artists, you can guarantee Corey Taylor's on that album. Yeah, and Corey Taylor, I think, is just very comfortable in um, knowing who he is. I think he's got a great work ethic where he got huge success with Slipknot, which he worked for, and was very aware that most people in an artistic industry have a very um, short time span of peak success. Right. So he decided that he wanted to do as much within that time span as he could while people are still paying attention. Now, it turns out that several years later, he still got a lot of attention, but, you know, he set out to do various different bands and write books and, you know, do lots of other um, artistic endeavors. Um, and he's, you know, really comfortable. I once recorded a show with him that was going to go out on Christmas Day on a radio station in Shitsville. Christmas Day in the UK is when people... Uh, cook their turkeys like Americans do for Thanksgiving. Right. And so we concocted that I would host a Christmas Day special with the singer from Slipknot, which would basically be a cooking show. <laughs> and literally during the whole thing, he was giving tips on how to cook the turkey and what you should do for dessert. And who's that woman that got put in jail, Paula Dean? Martha Stewart? Martha Stewart. Right. Who got jailed? Yeah, Martha Stewart Who's did. Paula Dean? Paula Dean was racist. Oh, okay. Yeah. She didn't get jailed? I don't believe so. Okay, but they both got to go back on TV and cook. Of course. Right. This is America. <laughs> It was like my version of Martha Stewart. It was like Paula Dean without the racism. Was what was, it was like Paula Dean without the racism or Martha Stewart without the criminal record. Right. Choose whichever, but sitting with the singer from Slipknot, not bothered about how it would affect his scary Slipknot image because let me tell you, Corey Taylor is a man who knows how to stuff a turkey. <laughs> See, that's the best part is the fact that like it was probably put on like, oh, this is going to be such a joke. Camfield and Corey Taylor are going to do a cooking show. Clearly, neither of them know anything about cooking and then Corey Taylor's like I know everything about cooking 
I know everything about everything. Literally, if everything wasn't about to close down for the holiday period, he was so up on it. And I think this was the time when Martha Stewart was in jail. We probably could have taken over our show temporarily. You guys were basically the other, the like weird world version of Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what we're, that's exactly what we could have been. Um, I mean, if Corey Taylor had been less busy, I could have probably pitched that and been on the Food Network right now. Right. Yeah. See, this is all proof that Corey Taylor is doing, giving you a multitude of reasons to like him. Mm. All Machine Gun Kelly does is give you reasons to dislike him. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about his music. I'm not the biggest fan of his music, but I'm the type that like, if you become famous for putting out music, I got respect for you. You yeah. did you. But the jealousy I have for his current relationship with Megan Fox is just so hate-inducing it's unfair. First of all, <laughs> this guy is, he was like a nerdy emo kid growing up. And then because of musical talent got famous, Megan Fox, one of the... 10 hottest people to ever walk this earth, like, leaves her stud boyfriend, basically says screw you to her three kids. You never hear about them anymore. And she's just, like, <laughs> naked everywhere, being just, like, America's whore for her new husband. It's awesome. I love it. But I want it to happen to me. So you're siding with Corey Taylor just out of pure jealousy? Yes. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I, I hate you, Machine Gun Kelly. I do wonder, though, if Corey Taylor's going to uh, kind of make a sort of apology because he is the type of person that doesn't really like upsetting people in this regard. Like, I think he made a, a flippant comment about a year ago about Imagine Dragons being like, the, I forget what the quote was. And then everyone was like, oh, my God. Bullying Imagine Dragons, and then it, and then it, they literally, they literally which have did. to be the poster boys of bullying at yeah, this yeah, point. Right. And uh, and um and uh, I mean, and then and then he saw us like, oh yeah, 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 like they're all right. Like I don't, he so like he, walked it back real quick. Sort of. I yeah. don't want to be canceled. Well, kind of. That's his new song. You know, yeah. Whereas what he should have said was, well, the guy from Imagine Dragons is doing all right because since he got really hot and fit, his wife came back. <laughs> Do you remember that? They had that very public right. breakup, and, and they were. Back and, and they were all very they were like the uh, the the modern day version of the uh, Chris Martin Gwyneth Paltrow like conscious uncoupling right. it was like yeah we got kids and we're gonna be friends but it's not just working out fast forward like six months she's like fuck me he's been in the gym alright I'm back in <laughs> literally fuck me <laughs> alright and before we're done uh, with uh, today's episode uh, let's just uh, send a quick message to uh, Daniel Craig bidding a tearful goodbye to James Bond, there's a video which is circulating with him uh, paying tribute to his crew, choked up, saying, I've loved every second of these movies, and especially this one, because I've got up every morning and I've had the chance to work with you guys. Oh, for God's sake. Does he not get what James Bond is all about? It seems like throughout this whole entire career of him being James Bond, he's just done a whole bunch of stuff that show he has no idea what James Bond is about. At Besides actually playing James Bond, which he's very good at. At the end of the previous movie, when he was doing some promo for, I can't remember what the last one was called, he said something along the lines of, I'd rather gorge my eyeballs out than make another James Bond movie. And then they went, well, actually, there's X amount of money on the table. If you come back, and he went, oh, yeah, all right then. And now he's he's all tearful that he's he's leaving it oh you know what maybe he's doing maybe he's getting all those psycho fans ready for when there's a female james bond <laughs> genius daniel craig you know i just the, the, i 
He's just not doing it the way Connery did it. You know, like the, the, <laughs> way, the way... Never say never again is ruined. Yeah, the, way, the way to exit James Bond is to come back when you're way too old to play the part, make one more movie that's unofficial so you piss off all the people that paid you millions and millions and millions when you were making official James Bond movies, release it, moan about the movie afterwards while saying that it's still okay to slap women around, and then and then kind of like go, I'm never doing it again because it's the worst ever thing. <laughs> right. And then 10 years after, after that when, when you go on a TV show and they go so about those uh, slapping women comments you go yeah absolutely see that's why us pitching the Never Say Never Again reboot made so much sense because Daniel Craig has always been like that he was always the one that was like oh, screw this part I don't care it's just a part and like you but at the same time like he did his own thing he did it so well now I saw a headline the other day that he was like all emotional he was like oh the first time I said Bond, James Bond, I had such a giggle. And it's like, dude, oh. a year ago, you would have been like, yeah, I never want to say that. It's a dumb line. Why does he repeat his name? Yeah, it really, uh, I don't know what's happened to him. It's its its very disappointing. Especially, uh, I remember when he first became Bond. And um, before the, the uh, what was the first movie? Um, Casino Royale. Before that came out, uh, the press really went after him. Basically, the, the, the press basically decided that having a James Bond that had blonde hair was wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and that because he was blonde, he couldn't possibly be Bond. And I remember they, they, they took photos of him filming what I guess was going to be a stunt scene in that first Bond movie right. that he made. And they, t- <laughs> they made a big thing in the tabloid press in the UK out of the fact that he was standing on the back of a boat, I think it was on the River Thames, with a life jacket on. <laughs> like, Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like see, see what happens when you cast a blonde Bond. He's got to wear a life jacket, and and there was a bunch. Of, and I think he got injured doing a stunt, and then again, it was like pussy can't even can't like he's not really James Bond Roger, he's not indestructible Roger Moore was using a stunt double if he had to get up out of a chair throughout any of the 1980s right. James Bonds and they were fine with that but they and, and, and I really thought that was a kind of it was a great kind of turn of events for, for Daniel Craig back then because they really hammered him just because they didn't like the color hair that he had right. and said like you know he's gonna be some weak pussy bond because like here he is in a life jacket and oh my god he's he's injured he's back like and then of course casino royale comes out and he's the most hard bond yeah like the stunts are off the scale there's certain By things the fourth movie people are like he's the best right, ever right right, right 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 so he completely turned that around and i was always of the opinion of like yeah good for you daniel craig and i like the kind of like the the the, the grittiness that you've added to it now you're crying <laughs> you're crying because it's all over and it's very 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 disappointing I think he's upset that, like, you know, maybe he's just trying to delay it some more, you know? Maybe he's just like, all right, maybe if I cry, they'll feel bad, they'll push it back, and then boom, I get to be James Bond longer. Well, I'm I'm very disappointed in this, and, um, you know... If it doesn't end with a scene at the swimming pool where he just pushes Mr. Bean into the pool, who's bothering him, <laughs> and Mr. Bean goes, M says the whole world's going to collapse unless you come back. And, and Daniel Craig goes, 
never again. And the really hot <laughs> woman in his arms says, never. And then Daniel Craig turns to the camera and winks, and his eye is the O in 007. I, By the way, that's the end of Never Seen Ever Again. Say, if we, this new Bond movie doesn't finish like that, I'm going to be even more disappointed. That's just the best way to finish we, a Bond movie. We've discussed movie. this movie so many times. You told me that ending before. You told me about the beginning where they do the whole action scene, and that's him <laughs> editing the action scene for some reason. But you did It's a training scene. Right, it's a training yes. scene. Excuse me. But you didn't tell me the part where he pushes Mr. Bean into a pool. Mr. Bean. That absolutely <laughs> needs to be in the new one. If it's not, cancelled. Mr. Bean. No female Bond for you, world. <laughs> Mr. Bean is a... Uh, also, this is before uh, Rowan Atkinson became... What was that? What did they call it? Johnny English. Have you ever seen any of those? No. So, Mr. Bean was a really bad, like, hoity-toity oh, British yeah, yeah, yeah. agent. No, I've seen that. I've seen no, that. No, 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 no. But that was his role in Never Say Never Again. And then later on, they gave him Johnny English's... See, Never Say what? Never Again leads to stuff, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So in Never Say Never Again, he's basically playing Johnny English about t- 15 years before but Johnny like, it's English. Not like, it's, like a ba- it's not like actually his character is Johnny he's, English no, and this is a spin-off of Never... That would have been the no, greatest but, but, thing but, ever. But in everything but name. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, this is why I know it's a remake of Never Say Never Again, because this is the, the they're, they're portraying Daniel Craig as an older Bond who's going to leave at the end. That's what happens in Never Say Never Again. So M sends Mr. Bean to Sean Connery's house, right? And Sean Connery's just like slapping the woman on the ass. No, he's not. It shows uh, you why it's 2021 <laughs> now, though, because it's all the same, except at the end, now Daniel Craig cries. If there's a, there is no tear in Sean Connery's eyes when he goes never again and the chick goes never and he goes looks at the camera and just oh it's just the best thing oh you're oh. gonna be so disappointed when this movie comes Have out. Have you noticed every time we talk about James Bond, I just use it as an excuse to like reenact some never say never again. It's yeah. just about- <laughs> I think that's the whole point of the James Bond series at this point. <laughs> Even the original creators, like I know, I had nothing to do with it, but that has to be the best Bond movie. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, have you know? There's also this other story with James Bond about how Tarantino's got this idea that he's going to take that script that I think is still unofficial Bond, so you can do your own version of the movie without it being official, right? And he's going to bring back Piers Brosnan to do it. So, see, I bet no, this is true. You can Google this. I'm oh, not I making this up. It. Tarantino said that he would like to make his own Tarantino-esque, uber-violent version of James Bond, and that in order to do it, he would use that script, which is like anyone can adapt it, and he would take Piers Brosnan as being the ex-Bond, but like cast him as a really like gritty, gnarly, older Bond. And you know what that says to me? That says to me that if you went to Quentin Tarantino, that megastar, amazing, genius filmmaker things that I wouldn't necessarily describe him as except in this context. And you said to Quentin Tarantino, what's the best Bond movie? He'd say, never say never again. 100%. Yeah. He knows, He the man knows cinema. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he, do you know what he do? Because everything with Quentin Tarantino is four hours. He go, the only thing wrong with never say never again is it's five hours too short. <laughs> you know what this movie needs? Two intermissions. <laughs> He said the only thing that could have been better about Never Say Never Again is Sean Connery moved slightly slower so it lasted longer. 
We need to become movie makers already. Are we done? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's Jeremy's road going, I've done with this. I've, I'm heard, tired, all this, man. I've heard all this never say never again <laughs> right, stuff. We've before. done this before. <laughs> we've done this bit. We America, okay? 